William J. Come on up. Thank you, thank you. Give these ladies a big round of applause. Come on up, Jay, Aaliyah. Good, good, good. All right, so this month is Advent, so we celebrate uh, with candles. You can come this way so you're on the screen. So this is Jay. Wave, Jay. Aaliyah, wave on the camera. You're, come on, this side, this side, this side, this side. And so the first Sunday of Advent, we celebrated, starts with an H, ends with an O. We celebrated hope. Hope. And that was the first candle in the front, the hope. It's not, I wish, I wonder, maybe, get a rabbit's foot, good luck charm, I hope. But it's the assurance that Jesus is God's son that came to give us hope. So, Aaliyah, all you have to do is point to that first candle because that's hope. Good. And then the second week, Dennis and Lori read the Advent reading for it. It starts with an F and ends with an eighth. It was faith. Yes. And so that is not faith as, uh, well, I have to have faith, but it's this assurance that builds on hope that I know it's coming. It's awaiting because I know Christmas Day is coming. I know with anticipation God's coming back with his son. I know it's coming. And last week it was Joy. Look, I didn't even plan that. Jesus, others, you. Uh, we did not plan that. So that's, hey, that's God. So that's good. So it was joy. So point to uh, joy. Well, you don't know. It's the tallest one. But so, um, Jay, if you can carefully, or maybe Aaliyah, grab the pink candle. Because who knows what today is. Today, it passes all understanding. It is, I heard it, peace. Not like, hey, peace, peace. It's not give me a piece of pie, a piece of cake, a piece of something. It's uh, the peace of God in your identity. We're going to talk about it more. So, Jay, you have to help, or you and Aaliyah can do it. I want you to light it from the hope candle. That's the one very in front. And then place it in the back. Aaliyah's not doing much, Jay. You need to share. Can she reach over? Don't set the jacket on fire. There you go. You can twist that. So today is peace. Give oh oh you're just turning it. I thought it was falling over. Give these ladies a big round of applause. Good good. Thank you so much. Thank you thank you. And it is good having Jay home, and it's good having my son home. And we just kind of sleep better when you know they're in the house. I don't know. Maybe you guys experience that. For me, it's like hey, it really does happen. But um, we are looking today. Uh, well at Acts chapter 6. But before we do that, we do thank you for your continued giving, tithes, and offerings. A quick note about tithes and offerings. Some people give end-of-year gifts. It has to be postmarked, or the check has to be dated by December 31st, which is the end of year. If it's dated January 1st, you cannot get a tax-deductible receipt for 2022 because January is in 2022. 23. So that's a quick note if you want to uh, give in that way. So last week we finished with the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. The apostles left rejoicing. They had a sense of peace because they got to be flogged. They got to be whipped. They got to be beaten. They got to be put in prison for the name of Jesus. That They were promoting Jesus. That They were saying Jesus is the Messiah. They counted it with great joy, the same as Jesus. Jesus scorning his shame endure the cross because he knew salvation would come out of it. 
And every day in the temple and from the house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. When I was younger, I don't know if it was different or just it was different, but we would have a Christmas with family. We would have Christmas with uh, my mom's side of the relatives. We'd have Christmas with my dad's side of the relatives. And it was like so much pie. You know, I loved it. It was just awesome. But now we kind of have like Christmas with us and we don't get together with other people because I don't know, we're just so busy with us. It's just kind of weird how that happens. But if you still celebrate in house to house, celebrate Jesus. You might say, well, this side of the family, they don't believe in God. They don't even celebrate Christmas for the birth of Jesus. They just celebrate giving gifts and they try to outdo one another. They want to keep up with the Joneses. Well, I want us to remember that as Christians, as believers, not just as believers, but as followers of God, We could go from house to house and say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I am so happy that Jesus came for my soul, died for my sins, and his grace never ends. And so this is why I get to celebrate the amazing grace of Jesus beyond mission, because that's what joy gives us. Be in the purpose of what God's called us to, because that is what joy instills with us. And joy for the season I heard a sermon and I am stealing it now. I shared it. So maybe you heard it too. But Jesus is not the reason for the season. You are. That's why Jesus came, because you are the reason that Jesus came, that you might have life and have it abundantly. So we go on to what is the mission? What is the purpose? Well, Matthew 28, this is known as the Great Commission. Jesus came and told his disciples, his followers, the believers, this is us, the church. I've given, been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. This is you go. Not right now. Just wait for 45 more minutes. Uh, go and make disciples of all nations. Dad joke, sorry. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We go to teach people about Jesus, but not just so they know a head knowledge or facts or education, but they get to experience him so they get to be baptized and incorporated and uh, woven into the very fabric of the Father, the Son, And the Holy Spirit teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What I love about the hymn, uh, O Holy Night, a weary world, a weary world. So J comes from the Latin word joy. I don't know if that's real. I just thought it sounded good, so we went with it. But uh, J comes from the Latin word rejoice. A weary world. And over the last three years, four years, whatever it's been, a weary world rejoices. Maybe this is the first Christmas that you are celebrating Christmas, but you do not have a loved one at the table. A weary world rejoices rejoices. Maybe you don't know what's going on. You're tired of looking at your uh, retirement because it keeps going down and down. Maybe you just uh, just feel like, oh, I just can't catch a break and I'm supposed to celebrate, but all I have to do is like, look, which credit card can I use now to uh, buy a gift for somebody? A weary world rejoices because we understand you are the reason for the season. Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly that we might share his truth from house to house and know that he is with us always. And every day in the temple, from house to house, I continue to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. 
So even I, as some people say, Jeff, you're kind of redundant, repetitive. And my go-to is like, yeah, so people remember. But as I look at scripture, for me, I'm like, I preach the same message. Jesus loves you, he's with you, and he wants to redeem you. Jesus loves you, he's with you, he wants to redeem you. Every Sunday, it's the same message, but it should give us great joy, and not just joy, but peace in our identity to know that he cares about us. So now we go to Acts chapter 6. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. So the church was growing. More believers were coming. They believed in Jesus. They understood his forgiveness of sins. They were given hope. They were given this joy. But as they were growing rapidly, as more people were coming, there were rumblings of discontent. This is from the New International Version. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So as things grow, should I say it? I don't know if I should. I don't even know all the lyrics, but I know there's an expression, mo money, mo, oh, Malison knows it. So anyway, mo money, mo problems. Like the more you get, the more problems you have. Sometimes the more people you have, the more input there is. And then there's frustration because it's not my way or it's never been done that way. Or we always did it this way. Like what's happening? Well, in this, I just want to point out that there was legitimate discrimination taking place. There needed to be somebody to have uh, be uh, perform activism, to stand in the gap. And this is where Jesus is our advocate. He's not just a mediator. If some of you in the business world, like if you need a mediator, it's trying to get both sides to agree and to come to a mutual point. The advocate, Jesus, is the one that takes a side and says, no, you need to come this way because this is going to make it fair. This is going to make it equal. This is what I want to have happen. So even back in Bible times, there was discrimination that took place. So we have to look at the example of how did people deal with discrimination? Did they sweep it under the rug? Did they say, just pray about it? Or did they say, this is not right that one group of people is being discriminated against? We are called to produce joy in others. This is from the sacred overlap. This is two weeks ago where it says scatter joy. Are we people that scatter joy? Because sometimes activism scatters joy in others because it brings people together to say, what does God say? say, not, well, you know, they're a little bit different, so keep them over there. We still love them, but just keep them over there. That's not what God's calling us to. Remember and proclaim Jesus is the Messiah. This is a goal. This is what we all need to be on board about and to say that Jesus is the hope that we have. The, this is from the Filament Bible app. The Greek-speaking believers were Jewish Christians who had lived elsewhere in the Greco-Roman world and probably observed some Greek customs because they were Greek-speaking. The Hebrew-speaking Jews were more traditional Jews native to Palestine who spoke Hebrew or Aramaic and refrained from Greek customs. Their widows were being discriminated against. This injustice threatened the growth and development of the church. So you have one uh, group that's being looked down on because they don't celebrate in the same way. It was more than a distraction or a nuisance. It was more than a frustration within the local church. Perhaps you've heard stories, I've never personally experienced this one, of churches splitting over uh, a new building and what color carpet do we want? 
It's actually happened, not in my personal experience, but it's happened where you have one group that says, oh, no, we need a certain color that it uh, hides dirt and it's going to be less maintenance. And people are like, no, we need to be joyful and celebrating. So we need this color. And it fragmented the church and is over such a foolish, stupid, unreasonable reason. But this was more than a distraction or a nuisance. This was something that was going to fragment the foundation of the body of Christ, the growing church. This was going to fragment and break away. It was going to say like, um, very similar, not the exact same. Similar, not the same. Similar, not the same. So don't call me a heretic because it's similar. It's not the same. It's saying, okay, for you that make over $70,000 a year, come on in. First, come on in. You get special seats. For you that make under 35000 well, come on in. You can be first in line, but first in line, but just stay off to the side. Okay, you that have more money, come on in. You got, you're welcome, but eh, there's kind of a protocol for you. This is what they're doing. And instead of seeing that God loves us all and God redeems us all, and as the numbers grew, as people started to receive Jesus, people started to fragment because they said, well, you aren't good enough or you aren't value. You don't matter as much. And well, several scriptures in the Bible says that God does not care about who makes what or what you look like. God loves us all the same. So this 12 called a meeting of all believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. It's kind of funny. I like this translation because it's kind of true. And there's a church that we're familiar with and they do a uh, food pantry. And sometimes the pastor says, Jeff, you don't understand. Like, it's a headache. Like, sometimes my volunteers, they don't show up or sometimes things happen. And I thought I'd be preaching and we could reach the community. But I'm like in there doing inventory of like, what do we have in the uh, food pantry? This is kind of harsh to hear, but it's so important. We need to understand our role. We need to understand our part, our gifts, our talents, and our calling and be comfortable in, hey, if nobody's cleaning the toilets at the chapel, somebody probably should before people come. So if Beth is working and Jay's at college and Garrett's not living with us, I mean, somebody probably should and since I'm there watching Netflix, I mean, since I'm there studying, uh, it's just one of those, like, you do things, but you have to understand that some things there is a role. And so brothers select, this is the apostles telling them, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this opportunity. Discipleship empowers followers to action. Discipleship does not say, do it my way, and if you don't do it my way, I'm going to come and do it. This is, hey, you are empowered to act because God's gifted you. This is what's amazing about Lucinda and with Missy, and we're talking about the new youth ministry that's coming together. It's people that had different ideas, and then we had a forum where we get to share those different ideas. Then you get to see how it all was coming together, and it wasn't because we had a certain agenda. All we said, we want to reach the youth and the families in our church with the truth of Jesus, where they understand that they matter, that they don't have to grow up and just go to church, but that they matter to God and everything about God in their life is just consistent with his plan for Aaliyah, for Clara, for all the youth, for all the families that God has a plan for you. And so we don't have to say how we just say, Hey, God gave you a talent. Use that talent. Lucinda says bits. 
I always thought like drill bits, but she said, if everybody brings their bits, that you can get a full meal. If everybody brings their talents, we can understand how we are the body of Christ, the family of God, and see how he works. So the 12 called a meeting of all believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. This isn't because they said, we're better than that. This is my calling is to preach and to pray and to study and to engage. And your gift is to show hospitality. Your gift is to welcome people in. Your gift is to smile. Your gift is to sing uh, during a Zoom on Life Group to bring joy. Your gift is all these things. How can we incorporate it together so we are the body? Ephesians 4, Paul says, now these are the gifts Christ gave. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to their responsibility is to do their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up his church, the body of Christ. If all we look at this Christmas season is what can we get? How can we handle it? What can we control? Instead of saying, how can we empower? How can we share? How can we point out to somebody, hey, I don't know if you see it, but you have a gift. I don't want to put Liesl on the spot, but I guess I just did. So we want to put uh, share with Liesl. There's something about Liesl that gives joy. It's amazing how she approached me about the women's ministry because people are drawn to you, Lizo, because you just give joy, whether it's humor, whether it's just conversation, whether it's being engaged. And so we can promote and lift and empower others as they just sense, man, God's doing something. I know I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes, but man, there's just something that I need to give. And it says like, well, go through this class, become a member, pay your dues. And then it's just God saying, hey, find those that are filled with the spirit. And that love Jesus and use them. So going back, so brothers select seven men who are well-respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. Seven men, why seven men? Why not seven women? Because in the culture, I've said it before, in this culture, in the specific context, they were the men that were educated at this time. Today is different, especially here in the United States, that people are all educated. So select seven people. I don't know why seven, but seven is a number of completion. So maybe that's good. So select people that are full of God's spirit and wisdom. And the apostles said, we can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. So what can only you do? Be yourself. What can you do? This is, you don't have to yell it out loud. I mean, it seems kind of obvious that John can play the guitar. And so when Kevin invited John to play the guitar, it seems like, oh, well, that, obviously that makes sense. That's like amazing. What can you do? I can't play the guitar. I tried to learn the guitar. I even had calluses on my finger because I was learning the chords or whatever, but I had no rhythm. I didn't know, like, I just knew, like, put your fingers here on the strings and kind of, but I don't know. So why would I say, well, those get to, so Andy Jackson, he's leading the music on Sunday or Saturday night with our music team. And uh, he married Gina. And so I kind of made a joke because I known Andy for a while. Sorry, Andy. Um, and this, you could say, Jeff, I shouldn't have said it, which I probably shouldn't have. But uh, Gina was here. Andy was here. I've known Andy forever. We're really good friends, really good friends, really good friends. So I said, Gina, how did Andy ever get you 
And without a beat, Andy said, I play the guitar. And I said, Andy, yeah, and you have a sense of humor. That's awesome. So what can only you do that could build up the body, build up the church? Well, can you fold bulletins? Can you turn on lights? Can you make coffee? Can you greet people? Does it just kind of exude out of you? You're like, ah, I don't want to be overbearing, but something comes out of me. I just want to smile and help. Shirley, it's awesome. Like I asked Shirley one time to help pass out bulletins. Now she's kind of taking that on. It's amazing for me to see you greeting others at the door and sharing your joy for them coming into God's house and to be greeted by somebody that shares that same joy. This is the church. This is what we need to be doing. This is what we have to be looking forward to in the future. If we want God to grow us, be you. Don't strive so hard to be something like someone else. Just be yourself because God created you with that passion for people, for him to culminate in that peace, that confidence is your identity. Man, I, I just like to do it. Like, when you're doing something you like to do, like, it's fun. It's great. It's like, man, I have this sense of peace. The fourth Advent candle this Sunday is peace this month. Peace. What if everyone who struggled with an identity issue knew the peace that they were created in God's image? That might eliminate some of the I don't know. I'm full of anxiety. If you just knew God created you with your talents, with your gifts, with your quirks, just because he wanted you to be you. You can live in that. Some of us have to still mature, but you can be confident like, this is me, I'm a people person, or this is me, I'm a musician, this is me, I'm an artist, this is me, like God created me this way so I could just reach out in this way that I have such great confidence, I don't have to be someone else, I can be frustrated, but understand like, oh God, give me uh, understanding of this purpose for me that I might not know, but you created me with it, so help me just to give it back to you to help others in this way. Everyone liked this idea. If you're ever in a church business meeting, if you've ever been in a board meeting, this is like the best line ever. Everyone liked this idea. This was a good thing. They all agreed. It was unanimous. There was consensus. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, and then some guys I can't pronounce their names. This is what took place. Everyone liked the idea because it wasn't, hey, the apostles, we're going to tell you what to do. It was, hey, the apostles, recognize you, followers of Jesus. You have a brain. You have a heart. You have a soul. Who do you see? Who has witnessed? Who have you experienced the love of God with great wisdom on their lives, just filled with the Holy Spirit? You identify those that would step up, that would reach out, that would just be a part of what God's calling us to, full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Oh, that I would have been chosen as one of those seven. That's not pride. Oh, that you would have been chosen as one of those seven.
And I could go around and I could say every name that I remember here today and just talk about how God's used you. He's brought you, that you're filled with purpose, that there's such joy in knowing that God is putting his church together, this local church, the body of Christ, that we are being put together so that people would know us being full of faith in the Holy Spirit, reaching out to others in our own ways, not because you have some great leader, but because we follow Jesus. And Jesus says, you can identify, you can reach out, you can serve, you can love and the world will be changed by how we love one another. Acts 6.6, these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So I'm going to ask Missy and Lucinda and Beth if you'll come up because you guys were in the meeting. Allison, I'm going to ask you to come up because you were invited to the meeting, but you had chores to do. So, uh, But if you'll come up because we are... Stacey, LAC, if you'll come help me with this. We are introducing in January our youth ministry, and we're excited about this opportunity. And Lucinda and Missy and Beth and Allison, we're just trying to have ideas and figure out, Lisa, you can come up too, please. And we're just going to pray because the Bible says to lay hands on and pray to anoint with oil. There's nothing fancy about this oil, even though this oil says frankincense and myrrh. I went cheap. There's no gold in it, but frankincense and myrrh. What it represents is the Holy Spirit. And what we want to do is use the Bible as our example and just pray that God would use you in such a special way and to bring other volunteers and families and children and youth to know that God loves me and my identity is secure and I have great peace and confidence and know that Jesus created me, that he had a plan before I was even born. He knew about this day that he would lift us up and call us to pray for the youth that are here, the youth that are coming, the families that God is just going to help us reach out to. Because I don't know if you heard, but just last week, there was a local student within the central Vermont area that took his life. Again, another story. Oh, that the church would be used to invest in these students' lives, that they would know the value, the worth, the calling, the purpose that God has for them. So if we could just huddle up over here. And Stacy, since you lead prayer, I'll just call you to pray. But pray for the youth ministry and those that are leading. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the disciples and fellowship that you are creating here at Living Hope. We specifically pray for those who have volunteered to lead our youth ministry. For Lucinda, for Missy, for Allison, for Beth. May they feel your presence as they plan and guide this program. May they be led by your wisdom and and your word. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. You can give these ladies a big round of applause, too. So God's message continued to spread. What Satan meant for evil, God used for good. This little disagreement, this discrimination, this like, ah, it's not that bad. Grow up, get over it. Come on. We're all created in God's image. Like, it's fine. 
No, somebody had to stand in the gap and say, no, this is wrong. We need to stand up for what's wrong because Jesus is not wrong. Jesus is correct. And so what could have broken and fragmented that growing church? God intervened and the message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. I just like this because um, I don't know if I shared it before. Maybe I did, but I was speaking with somebody several months ago and uh, they said, you're a clergy in Vermont? I was like, yeah. They said, are you gay? I was like, no, I'm not. They said, well, I thought everybody in Vermont, like all the clergy, I was like, no. But it just made me think like if we look at well, that denomination or that religious segment or those spiritual leaders. Jesus wants to convert them too to be on that page where we all love God and share his truth with others in the way that there is such a sense of peace and confidence that God is bringing us all on the same page instead of like, well, you're this denomination or you're this religion. We just say, Jesus, bring us to you. So I don't stand on I'm a Wesleyan, and I love the Wesleyan church because the Wesleyan church was founded on anti-slavery and being a proponent of women's voices being heard. I love that about the Wesleyan denomination. But if I just stand on that instead of on Jesus, the cross, the truth of his resurrection, the ascension to heaven, the fact that he is advocating for me before God, it's not the standard of a denomination. It's not the religious practice. It's coming together to be converted to the truth and life of Jesus. And that's how we can celebrate hope and have great faith and know his joy and walk in peace. We walk in peace because of the love of God. And we close with my favorite hymn, Feel free to sing along or just watch this video.